hello, you status and get on the lights. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today, we're going to discuss Joe Biden's first 100 days in office and his address to the joint sessions of Congress. And I saw a series called Made for Love on HBO Max, and you watched two things I was very interested in. I watched In and of Itself. Yeah. And I watched a depressing but interesting documentary called Collective. I heard that was very upsetting. It, yeah, but worth a watch. It was good. And it was up for an Academy Award. Was it up this past year? It was. It was up for, actually, it was up for Best Foreign Film and Best Documentary. Oh, okay. And it lost Best Documentary to My Octopus Teacher. Okay. And then it lost Best Foreign Film to, oh, Another Round. The Danish movie oh, where the guy, the guy whose his, daughter died. Daughter died. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I gotta look for that. That looks interesting. Oh, that yeah. movie is a ton of fun. Men are just, well, I mean, there's tragedy involved in it as well, but men do what men do in it. So, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Amtrak Joe. Boring Joe. I think he's doing Boring okay. Boring Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah. They know what they're doing with messaging. They're knowing what they're doing with the proposals they're putting forth for these big public works and things. They know that there's public support. He must have very good pollster people, or he has some team that is sensitive to what Americans in general will respond favorably to. Seems to know how far he can go, and he's going further than anyone thought he would. Yes, he is. I was listening to somebody analyzing him the Mm -hmm. other day, and they said everything he's doing is something that he talked about doing. It's not like he ran as a total moderate, and now he's so progressive. He really ran as someone who was more progressive than anybody expected him to be. Yeah, and he was being compared to other Democrats in the primary who were further left than he. So maybe that's why we had this impression that he was a moderate or kind of a uh, tiptoer. Now I'm thinking back on Elizabeth Warren, and were her programs that much? I guess when it comes down to it, Medicare for All is still Mm -hmm. something that he hasn't really dipped his toe into. That's what sort of separated the two packs. Yeah, but I just loved all of, he just laid it out so smoothly Mm -hmm. from the American Recovery Act. I didn't watch his speech, so I can't comment on that. But it sounds like it went well. It was exactly what you would expect it to be. Yeah. Exactly what I imagined it. I guess the um, the joint session of Congress can fit 1,600 people, and there were 200 there. Right. But it was so cute. Doug Emhoff was sitting, I guess, where the first gentleman would sit. Oh, that's Kamala Harris's husband? Yes, her husband. And he was, you know, he had his mask on, and yeah. then he saw Kamala, and... He was like waving to her, and oh, I, I thought he blew her a kiss, but I could be wrong oh, about yeah. that. Yeah. But it was it was very sweet, and it was very empty. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the Republicans stood not once when the Democrats were standing to applaud for right. whatever. Clean water. Yeah. Child care. Right. They just sat there with their arms crossed, and it looked ugly when yeah. they did it. Yeah. And Ted Cruz, I'm sure you saw the gif of him falling oh, asleep. falling asleep, yeah. Which I, I think it. he was faking it in order to say, oh, he's Make so boring. Statement. Yeah. Hey, well, it's backfiring because boring is exactly what people want. Boring is the new black. Boring is the new black, <laughs> man. It's so refreshing and so calming. Oh. He's done the infrastructure in these two parts. The first one is really about social and physical infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And the second one is about families. 
Mm. So 12 paid weeks of family leave oh, if right. you need it. Right, and childcare if you need to work and things like that. Yes, I mean, the first one is 2.3 million, and I think the second one is one point, did I say? It's got to be more than 2 million. I, it sounds I, like maybe for one day it would cost two million. It was, it's 2.3. Per day. I can't. 2.3 million per day for the next 20 it's years. 2.3 trillion dollars. Mm. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around a number that big. It's, no, it's just words. But the fact that it's not being blown out of the water by anybody, even the Republicans who hate the fact that they're not in power, they don't seem to have a strong argument against it. They don't have an argument against anything. Or they a counterproposal. Do you know what I, I've heard recently? which I believe is true, that Republicans don't govern. Mm -hmm. They're really about obstruction. Mm -hmm. And that was true with Clinton and Newt right. Gingrich. Right. And it was true with Obama. Right. And all they did with George W. Bush, the only thing that he got through was Medicare having to do with prescription drugs. That's oh, the right. one law that he got passed. The Medicare Part D was just kind of a... Apparently some sort of scam in and of itself anyway. I heard that, but I wouldn't know how to parse that. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't, I mean, get us into wars. Bush got us into Iraq. Right. That we didn't need to go to. Right. So Bush did a lot for his corporate benefactors. Yeah. I feel like we're on a bus and we had a crazy driver who was careening off of the canyon roads and yeah. putting us all in danger. And we were like hanging by a thread, just barely making it. And now we have like a really nice, quiet bus driver <laughs> who knows how to drive. Yes. And so we can just read our books and sit in our seats and kind of chill out. And let him drive and not let worry him about drive it. And not have to look out the window to see if we're going to crash or not. That's a good analogy. Yeah. I feel like my life is just different now than it was. The pandemic is receding. Mm hmm. And you and I are sitting here without masks. We're in studio. We're back in person with each other. Yes. We've been on Zoom for all this time. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the sound problems that I've been having the last few weeks will be yeah. mitigated by our being here in person with each other. With real life microphones. With real life microphones. What was I saying? We talked about the bus driver and the quality of your life has changed. Yes. The quality of my life is now much better than mm -hmm. it was a year ago. Mm -hmm. A year ago, we were in total lockdown. And a year ago, Trump was talking about infusing the body with bleach or light. Mm -hmm. I thought that was more recent, but no, it was it was about a year ago that he talked about using bleach to oh, get rid of the, the virus. Yes. And putting in a kind of a light was that ultraviolet or ultraviolet light. Something? I think something like that. And Burke's just He's sat a there. Job. Hey, what do you think? Of, this wasn't on our agenda, but what do you think about Matt Gates and Rudy Giuliani being moments away from being sent to jail, probably. Well, Matt Gates, because of the Jeffrey Greenberg confession, is he going to go to jail for that? Well, I, I think uh, they said that they repeatedly had sex with a 17-year-old and knew it. That might that should put do them it. in some trouble. Didn't do much for Jeffrey Epstein, but at least he did end up in jail before he got He ended up in jail, before, that's before right. He, yeah, and Rudy's house and office and 10 mobile devices were uh, confiscated by the feds. I guess because we're coming out of the Trump era where everybody was dirty and everybody right. was... Although Paul Manafort ended up in jail. Oh, yeah. Though he was pardoned. Right. And Roger Stone would have ended up in jail had he not been pardoned. Right. So but I he guess... he was named by this pal of um, uh, Matt, Matt Gates. Gates also. Yes. Um, yeah, I heard that. So it doesn't matter at this point. Like I said... We got the good bus driver, and that's all we need to worry about. But it would feel good to see some of these people be held responsible. I'd love to see that perp walk with Rudy Giuliani. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? Oh, yeah. That would be great. Yeah. With his hair, hair yeah. stuff yeah. streaming down his sides of his face. Yep. Staining his orange suit. <laughs> <laughs> it would be delicious. 
I guess I just don't feel like they're really going to do it. Are they going to do it to a, a sitting congressman? Are they going to do it to... For her mayor of New York City? Yeah. I think they are. I think Merrick Garland is a quiet barracuda. <laughs> and he's working. He's doing his job. Okay. Well, I'll keep my fingers and toes crossed. It'd be but... fun if they could find something on Connell, wouldn't it? It would be such poetic justice. That would be beyond delicious. <laughs> yeah. There was a, a piece in the New York Times about this one little bridge that spans the Kentucky-Ohio border. Mm. It really needs to be renovated. Right. And he knows that it needs to be renovated. Mitch McConnell has talked about it needing to be renovated. Right. But he won't support the infrastructure bill, even though that's the way to pay for it. Right, because it has Biden's name on it. Yes, because it has Biden's name on yeah. it. Anyway, I wanted to talk about a series that I saw last okay, night. Okay, cool. It's called Made for Love. Yeah. And it's science fiction, which put me off of the idea of it. I really am not a science fiction fan. I am in small doses, mm -hmm. but I don't seek it out. Yeah, I, I don't either. Sometimes I'm surprised when I find something and I actually like it. Yeah, I love Alien and right. E.T. and I mean... Yeah, that's true. Those are good. Not so much the Hobbit things. Oh, yeah, I even got into those. Oh, okay. But I think it's because I've read the books, so I've yeah. already gotten over the fantasy aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who read the books love the movies. Right, because you've already bought into that universe. This is about a couple, and the company that the husband runs is called Gogol. Okay. G-O-G-O-L. Okay. So it's not Google, it's right. Gogol. Right, it's Gogol. Okay, and, and he is, <laughs> and he is Steve Jobs and Jeff Bezos with some Elon Musk thrown in there, a good dollop of Elon Musk thrown in there. So where he lives is in a place called the Hub, and it's actually pieces that can move about. You can create any space you want in them. Mm -hmm. It can be the ocean. Mm -hmm. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to create these spaces, but. Nonetheless, he's probably the richest, I mean, we don't know this, it's not said, but probably the richest person on the planet, mm -hmm. and has a company that's innovative and is all about connection. So the premise of this one item that they're trying to sell is a chip that goes in a couple's heads. One goes in the man's head, one goes in the woman's head, and it creates this love connection mm -hmm. where they can communicate without words. They're completely in sync. What happens is, and this happens in the first five minutes of the series, right. <laughs> puts it in the wife's head without telling her about it. And she's starting to have these weird reactions to things. And he hasn't put it in his own head. It isn't even tested. It isn't even supposed to be safe. Okay. But she's got this thing in her head where he can look and see what she's seeing. He can oh. look on his phone and see on a screen okay what she's what, seeing he can feel what she's feeling he's got let's see taste he doesn't believe in taste so mm -hmm. so that one isn't part of the package right but it's feel smell sight sound so right. all of those things can be experienced by the other person right except he's supposed to experience them somatically okay and for the moment since she's the only one who's got a chip He's got to do it through his phone. Oh, okay. They're supposed to be in sync, but he didn't want to experiment on himself. He just wanted to experiment on his wife. And it's her desire to get away from this relationship and get unchipped and get back to reality, which is not where she's been living. She's been living in this hub for 10 years of their marriage. Wow. And living in this pseudo-reality. Yes, like a digital fishbowl. Precisely. Mm-hmm. 
she has to confront her husband, who's very persuasive. He is played by, oh, who is the guy who plays him? I'd want to say his name is Ben Magnetson, and he's just a perfect actor for this role. He's so demonic in his belief mm. system. He's not like Steve Jobs in that he's not low-key. He's very hyper. Right. He sleeps two hours a night. He doesn't eat. And he's just going all the time. You wonder if he's actually real or not. They have a dolphin in their swimming pool with a chip in its head. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she's had the chip in for 10 years? No, she just had the chip in. What was installed. the 10-year part? Their marriage. Oh, the marriage. Oh, so she was feeling odd in the marriage to begin with. Yes. Not just since the chip went in. Yes. Oh, but now he knows what she's been feeling in the marriage. That's right. Because it's on his phone. That's right. Huh, how interesting. Yes. She, he can <laughs> tell when she gets aroused by another man. Oh, wow. And he doesn't like that one oh, bit. Oh, yeah. So it's fun. Ray Romano is in there. He oh, plays her father. It's, it's very funny. The whole hmm. premise is very funny. It's not supposed to be a drama at right, all. Right, right. Oh, so good. it's okay. quite lighthearted. Well, that sounds fun. In a way, when we're in, I, in my experience, when we're in romantic relationships, we are in some weird altered place anyway. <laughs> it's true. We're in, we're, I think what we're really doing is we're working out old conflicts from our childhood and trying to use the other person to, <laughs> to right a wrong that can't be righted. Yeah. And, and so we are in our own little chip. Yeah. We, we are in our own little program. Yes. So there's something kind of real about, real sounding about it. I know this is going to sound kind of awful, but <laughs> they have. I a, may leave. The, <laughs> I may be offended. They have a, a commercial that shows how the chip creates this synthesis and this dynamic. Oh, right. And I thought to myself, maybe that'd be good. <laughs> no, maybe people. Oh, if it worked. If it, it would worked, be good. yeah, you could be completely in sync with somebody. You'd sure. never have conflict again. Sure. That would be a plus, I think. It it could be good, although it would have to erase all of your childhood programs. I think, or maybe not. Maybe they find a way to integrate all of that so that yes. you could still be yes. you, yeah, and be in sync. Yeah. I was thinking you'd have to lose a lot of you, <laughs> but that's my view of relationships in general. <laughs> you do have to lose a lot of you to be in a relationship. And I'm just not going to lose any more of me. I'm done. Well, it, it is true yeah. that being in a relationship is a thing. Yeah. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah, that's right. And there's overlap, but there's, there's also yeah. not overlap. Yeah. There's there's too much overlap. Mm. We've, we've experienced that before. Yeah. Enmeshment. Enmeshment, Yes. I like to think of it as synonymous autonomy, mm. you know, mm -hmm. that, you're, that you're autonomous, but that you have this other thing that you do with this other person. Yeah. I was talking to someone today about this, about how it's Jerry Maguire that ruined us all with that line, you complete me. Oh, yes. And then my friend said, yeah, but that idea had been around for millennia. And I, I thought, That's you're right. right. Jerry Maguire just articulated it. And then it became a meme, sort of. And then I remembered my Christian science training. I remember reading something at one time that said, we shouldn't look to the other person to fix us. We should be two people sharing our completeness with each other. And I thought that sounded really wise and good. But now I really think, I have no expert relationships, it's not my thing, but I, I think it would be nice if it was, we're sharing our imperfection with each other. Yeah. I like that I idea. like that better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. That really says it. Oh, good. Well, maybe someday I'll try it. <laughs> We'll leave that to another day. Okay. But I hope you do. Okay.
So you saw, which, which should we talk about first, collective? Yeah, let's go from the depressing to the hopeful. Yes, let's do that. Okay, which is the opposite of how my life has turned out. But yeah, okay, collective, it's on Hulu. It's a documentary, and you were pointing out that it, it was nominated for Oscars. I, so yeah, it's, it's just a story of governmental corruption, nepotism, and cronyism in Romania. Hospitals in Romania are run administratively by a hospital manager. And all the managers, like dozens, or if not more, hospitals had managers put in who knew nothing about medicine or medical administration. It was all cronyism. And it all became about making money. And one of the ways they made money was they would, they were also in cahoots with the, this chemical company that made disinfectant. And the disinfectant company would dilute the disinfectant by a factor of 10 to 1. So you thought you were buying a 100% solution of disinfectant X. But really what was in the bottles was one-tenth of the strength. It was all watered down. So that way they, they could charge for these extra bottles. Oh, you're kidding. And pocket the money. So they the had money. no effect when they used it in Right. The and so then there was this fire in a nightclub called Collective in Romania in 2015. And I forget, like 24 people died that night in the fire. But there were many more who were injured and sent to hospitals into burn units. Well, the hospital had no ability to deal with burn victims. Part of the reason was the administration of these hospitals was people who didn't know what they were doing. But a larger part was when you're treating a burn victim, it turns out you really oh, need yeah, yeah. You need to be in a clean room. Yes. And they have to be washed and cleaned frequently yes. because the chance of infection is huge uh, when you've got a severe burn. Yeah. And so dozens, if not more, people died needlessly from infections they picked up in the hospitals. The people using the disinfectant, the, you know, no the people idea. on the ground didn't even know. It said, you know, 96% strength, but it was really 10% strength. Wow, something so simple. Um, so there's this one journalist who kind of championed getting this information out, and they were able to get it out, but there was such a backlash from the established political class. Huh. So the sad thing about the movie is, while it exposed a lot of corruption, the people themselves voted this same party back in. You know, it's so much the case that with the end of the Cold War and the Berlin Wall coming down and right. Russia becoming a single country, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with so many of those, like Milosevic, mm -hmm. was, wasn't he the Romanian? I think he was the Romanian dictator that everybody wanted to bring down. Ceausescu. Oh, Ceausescu, that's who it was. Yeah. Yes. And they're not any better off now than they were before. The culture of corruption stayed, even though the... The figurehead was taken right. down. The hopeful part is that there are people in government and in the press who are committed to bringing this out. What's beautiful as far as filmmaking goes is they intersperse it with this burn victim who has become sort of a in a way of kind of a performance artist. And there's an art exhibit about her that they're mounting. And then the interspersing of it with the mounting of this art exhibit focused on photographs of this woman who was very much disfigured. It's, it's so inspiring. She's really, as I think of it, she's sort of the symbol of what maybe they hope could happen in the country. Uh, it really makes me want to see it. Yeah, I'm glad I'm talking about it because I was so focused on the sadness of the government story that I missed what they put in as the hopeful part was there's something about the human soul that, that transcends, that can transcend. Well, you made a good pitch for it. Yeah. So in and of itself. In and of itself. 
I finally saw it after you had told me I would love it and uh, one or two other people said the same thing. Well, I was telling someone today, I said I did love it. I was moved by it and it was compelling and I don't really know why. I feel the same way. If you ask me to describe what it was, right. it's not a magic show, but right. it has magic in it. Yeah. It has magical it elements. It has the veneer of a magic show. But it's mostly storytelling. Yeah. Really. Yeah. With fables mixed right. in. Right. And imagery. And he's a master of card work. Right. Which is something that I think he talks about he in does. the show. He does. He talks a lot, a lot about it. Yeah, it's about who are you really, and are you possibly much more than others know, and even maybe even you know, and do you maybe include hundreds of definitions within you, and are you this miraculous, shape-shifting, versatile wonder, or you know, are you at all who you think you are, or are you who you think you are, and you're just waiting for someone else to name it too so that you can feel seen and heard? That's what it seemed like the people were experiencing. That's a really good definition. I mean, I'm, I'm All impressed. Of the yes. No, you really, I think, said what it is about. I think there, what, you, what I saw identity. when the people were being named for their label, but like you said, it goes beyond magic because it's not like they're amazed it seems like they're not amazed that he got it right. They're amazed that he named who they are. And he seems to see them inside as who, them. They, yes. who they are. That's yeah. what's so amazing. It's a quality of his presence. That's right. Where he seems to see through their outer armor. Yeah. And that's what's, what inspired me about him as a storyteller. And what I was, I'm wishing I could bring an ounce of that into what I do, is that it transcended performance. It really was a conversation, and it had intimacy, mm -hmm. and it wasn't forced or created. It just, it just seemed to emanate from the core of who he was. Yes, it doesn't seem like anyone else could do this show, really. I can't imagine anyone else yeah. being able. So to I don't pull know if off. he has an understudy. What does he do when he's sick? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but what it made me wonder about, and I, I'm going to watch it again and think more about it. But it seemed like maybe as humans, we have a very, very deep primal need to experience being seen by another and really recognized, really recognized. I think that's what love is. On a deep is. level, on a deep level. Is Isn't it? that what love is? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I think that's what real love is. I, I always say being loved is feeling seen and heard. Yeah. Being seen for who you really are and being heard as your authentic self. One-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. So you would endorse this? The movie? experience? Oh, definitely. And okay. the best thing to do... My advice to anyone who watches it who hasn't seen it yet is just watch it and don't try to figure it out. Just let it wash over you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it because yeah. I loved it. Five stars. I give it yeah. five stars. Yeah. It's got, you got to watch it. Cool. Well, well, I guess that's it for us because we're at time now. Oh, here we are. Here yes. We are. Flew by. It did. So now we have to say goodbye to our Boomer friends. Bye, Boomer pals. Bye. And have a good week. Yep. And we will talk to you again very soon. I hope it's a boring, boring week. <laughs> With Joe. With Uncle Joe. Okay. Bye-bye. So long.